Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of The Sherry Show. If you are joining us for the first time, thank you for listening. If you've been listening all along, thank you, thank you, thank you for riding with me this whole time into episode five. So on today's show, I have a very special guest, Sarah Bruyette, who is going to be talking with me about some of the ways that social media, Instagram specifically, functions in this pandemic life that we've currently been living in. Now, Sarah and I are both scholars, and so one of the things that we're going to be tossing into the conversation a little bit too is how we think about Instagram from an academic perspective, in addition to how we think about Instagram from the perspective of people who just love social media like anybody else. So I hope you will enjoy our show. And if you do, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button and you share this with your friends. Enjoy. All right, here we are again, episode five of The Sherry Show. And today I am super, 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 super excited to have one of my Insta friends here to talk with me about the uses of Instagram. Now, what's super special about Sarah um, and this conversation are some of the ways that she has helped me think about how Instagram can work, both as a place of self-expression, but as a place that we need to be super critical of anyway, and also as this respite for intellectual community in a time when, you know, we don't get to hang out in conference bars anymore. Um, hi, Sarah, how you doing? Hi, I'm fine. I'm good. Good. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Instagram today. And the first question that I have for you is, how do you use Instagram? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've probably... I think like I started using it as um, well, my friend created the, my account and I've done that for friends too. <laughs> and she was like, you need to start using this because I'm far away from my family and my friends who I grew up with. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm from a fairly small tight knit community um, in a distant suburb of Vancouver, British Columbia. And I would visit a few times a year and all my friends were on Instagram and I wasn't. And they were like, oh, this is a way to keep us updated on your comings and goings and what's going on. Um, and I had a child <laughs> by then. They were like, Instagram is for kid pics. Like you should be posting all these pictures of your child all the time so that we can see, you know, how they're growing up. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, set it up for me and I'll start using it. So I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, using Instagram, there's how you read it and then there's how you post to it. Um, yeah. and I find like, I, I post to it. Um, I don't know. It's sort of like a way to, sometimes I use it for an outlet for thoughts that I don't feel comfortable sharing in the more public space of Twitter, which is okay. the other social media platform that I use. So I can vent about stuff that I wouldn't vent about on Twitter because I don't, Twitter's like, well, right now my account's locked in part for this reason. I but saw that today. Once you have a certain number of followers, like anything you post, you're going to get like reply guys or whatever, or like weird stuff. And you just feel like sometimes you just don't have the patience for that. Twitter scares me. I mean, for that exact it's, reason, it's such it a really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, like on, but on, because my Instagram is private and I have to, you know, look at every friend request and see like, do I actually know this person and do I trust them with my worst snark and stuff? And then, (laughs) so it's, I feel safe, you know, expressing that there and also stuff about my private life. Like personally, I I don't feel comfortable posting, say, pictures of myself or my family or my loved ones on Twitter because anyone can, I know, I know, um, you know, Instagram's not like a strong box or anything. No, it's not safe, but Mm -hmm. it feels, it has a layer of protection anyway. Um, you have a public account on Twitter and you post pictures of your kids or Mm -hmm. anyone else, uh, or yeah, just then people kind of have access to information about what they look like. And I get really paranoid about it. Um, I do too. I feel like there are these really interesting moments too, where like if people figure out that Andy and I are partners or that we have a kid, like there is this very kind of hermetically sealed way that we work on Twitter versus on say Facebook or Instagram. Like the the kid does not, there's no mention. There's not even a mention really so much too many mentions of there being a child on Twitter to begin with too. So I feel that I hear that. Yeah. And I mean, I tend to use, not always, but I tend to use Twitter more academically for sharing work and kind of following discussions about things. And um, lately, all I do is just watch people crash and burn on it. <laughs> Every day, everyone. Um, it's, just, it's just so strange. But um, Instagram, yeah, it's it's a place where you can share kind of more quote unquote intimate details of your personal life. And if you, you know, I mean, I feel comfortable using it for that or, or just like domestic, like Mm -hmm. I'm a a person and sometimes I like bake cakes or (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. Um, And I like that about it. Yeah. You know, and kind of, and sometimes like when there's a lot of um, like, I don't know, academic content on Instagram. I'm like, nope, wrong format. Mm-mm, not here. <laughs> no, we don't want, we take that somewhere else. It's, it, that's so right. Like, it's so funny that, I mean, before you said Instagram as the sort of place that you can th- put like thoughts out there that you'd never put on Twitter or you'd just be too self-conscious to put on Twitter. And I mean, you see some of my Instagram musings. Last night, it was about being able to cut my kids' nails and that kind of thing. Or like that time that I read the, 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 um, the Ibis trilogy and had all kinds of thoughts about it and there's a part of me that was just like you know this kind of belongs on academic twitter in some ways but I yeah. just I, I don't want to I don't want to be out there I want to be in this safe space where I know exactly who is seeing it what my mm-hmm. audience is I think there's something about the privacy setting too like I don't know all 300 or whatever the number is but I sort of know who are the people that are seeing this particular academic thing but that stuff is just like so far into the into the weeds of everything else that's there, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. It's, and it's, yeah, I think people, like sometimes, you know, if I even just a picture of a book or whatever, just I'm reading this or a passage and like, it's funny because I will see people's passage photographs and I just skip that one. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, I can't read prose. I'm not going to read text. I don't want right to read now. that whole text right You now. know what I mean? Like, but I will po- do it myself. And then I'm like, this is so silly because like nobody sits there and reads these things. I'm like, well, you know, the person who's really gonna is gonna and might yeah. be interested. And then it's, it's yeah. a 
occasion for engagement because you figure the person who's going to like, usually someone will just say, what's that from? It's, it mm-hmm. sounds awesome or what do you think of it or whatever. But that can be an avenue to a, a discussion yeah. also. So, and then it's a discussion you're just having with that individual. It's not publicly visible to everyone on Twitter. That's mm-hmm. the thing, right? Like sometimes I want to respond to something that I see on Twitter, but I don't want to do it because I don't want anyone to see me responding to it. You know? And like Instagram has, Instagram has like this way that you can actually, and this is, this is how like you and I ended up putting that piece out in, um, in ASAP where we just basically release some of our DMS from paying attention to, to different stories that we would post about different books. That's yeah. really interesting. Just like spatially, there is a way in Instagram where you can just respond to a, to a story and carry on a conversation conversation about it um that would just be too public in um in in a space like even Facebook or 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 Twitter as well so yeah exactly so you said something a while back about um the difference between how you read Instagram and how you post to it can you tell me a little bit more about that (laughs) well I mean I think like so So Instagram, I mean, and my behavior on Instagram has changed a lot over the course of COVID um, and being still one of my questions too. No, I mean, it really has like, and I think I've, I've like migrated off of other things. Like Mm -hmm. I'm spending less time on Twitter and I'm no time on Facebook, except occasionally to use Facebook marketplace, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is really good. (laughs) Um, But like, and more time on Instagram. And um, I'm in part because I was studying social media influencers. And so I had to like kind of follow certain accounts for a while just to see their tendencies or whatever. Uh But on Instagram, like, I, I look at a lot of content that I would never post. Like, for example, (laughs) um, (laughs) I look at totally celebrity Instagram. I love celebrity Instagram, right. And I, I love like, um, food Instagram. I love um, exercise, like workout exercise Instagram. Instagram is the best. It's so there's so many great accounts. <laughs> and so and I do like that thing where I just random search. Mm-hmm. And I'll just like start clicking on dessert recipes. And I'll do that for like two hours. Yeah, you know? I fall into that. I had to I don't I haven't done this on Instagram yet, because my fear will be it'll change too much how I use it. And then I would end up spending more time on it. But this is one of the reasons I had to stop being on TikTok because I would just keep scrolling through things. And then two and a half hours later at three o'clock in the morning, I'd still be looking at this thing and you just fall into this I completely forbid myself from TikTok. I had to get it off my phone. (laughs) Because, yeah. It's just too, I mean, and it's interesting because I, I think a thing I've been trying to think about and articulate a lot, especially during these COVID times is I don't think I've ever thought as much about what I like independent of my work before. Um, And I think there's something about platforms like Instagram that, that gives us this, 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 this opportunity to see both what's pleasurable about work and where work just should not be. That's, that's, that's been super great to, to kind of think about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so I like just one of the main things to say is that I spend a lot less like I don't spend a lot of time curating content for Instagram. Do you know what I mean? And I don't 
like I might spend five minutes a day or if it just occurs to me, like I'm not thinking about what I'm going to post, but I always, there's certain, there's like five to 10 accounts that I always check. So I I spend a lot more time reading it than I do creating content for it, I guess is one of the things I'd say. But I mean, I'm also just really interested in it. So like in partly it's the pleasure of like looking at the recipe, but I like to see how things are staged also, you know, and I like to see like the social media influencers, you know, like, okay, recently was Valentine's Day, right? And like, it's just interesting to me how these forms evolve, and they have really set tendencies and characteristics. And then you have to, like, somehow punk it or intervene in it to make it creative. Yeah. So like, this thing was, uh, like, I don't know, um, couples meme I don't I'm not sure how you would describe it but trend Mm -hmm. and there were a whole bunch of posts that were like my real valentine's fake versus real valentine's day did you Uh, see that uh, 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 okay okay so it's it's really interesting because it's all about like the discourse of the real and what's the truth and what's accurate right which is part of instagram I think like from its beginning because of the filters and everything, it was like, oh, it's not real photography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, no, you know, it's not you. We filtered you with your face. And, yeah, exactly. As mm-hmm. if photography is access to the real to begin right. with. Right? right. But yeah, so it's like, but so they, so this, this, the staging of this would be like, and they like, who knows how much time they spent getting ready for this, right? Like, so the, the man and the woman, very conventional man, woman, um, <laughs> dressed to the nines like for a night on the town she's wearing like a gown you know what I mean and there's like they even have the roses <laughs> right so it's like but this is the fake right so, it's like, okay, so here's the pretend like here's the idea the pretend this the, is, what okay, is so, happening mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then and then it like the picture is of them like on the front porch because obviously he's come to like pick her up or whatever <laughs> he's got like one foot up and they're having a little like kiss or a little moment or whatever and they're both in flattering light and he's wearing a tuxedo and it's ridiculous but they have this clothing somehow they have oh, the flower they have perfect makeup they spent a lot of time getting the lighting, ready for fake the, lighting the lighting like there's something that zoom teaching has taught me is it's it takes so so i learned about things like lighting yourself properly and um, all of these things, like putting the computer up on your yoga block so that it's in this particular spot. I learned yeah. that from looking at Jamaica, like the backgrounds and the mirrors of Jamaican influencers. Okay. Like the ring light was a thing that I, I oh, yeah, like, yeah. how are they always so well lit? And then I saw yeah. this ring light and I literally, Sarah, I had to go, I, I went into Amazon and I was like, <laughs> ring <is> light. <laughs> and like this whole thing of things came up and I was I just know. like, oh. yeah. They, yeah. That is the, like one of the quintessential objects, I guess. Of And that was like, that was interesting when everyone was talking about transitioning to online teaching, I remember there were quite a few posts where um, people were talking about their setup or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the counter discourse that was like, well, I'm not doing that. Nice to have that much money that you can afford a studio and you're going to get a, a ring light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. but then now all the cheaper versions came out and, you know, now they're like 20 bucks or whatever, but it's like, oh, I don't care how I look. I'm not getting a ring light. So again, there's that, it's always an opportunity to have a discourse about like the real versus the fake. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just me. I'm authentic. But okay. So let me go back to the Valentine's Day. <laughs> so there's like, the, so that's the fake, uh-huh. like, oh, fake Valentine's Day. And real Valentine's Day is this the, the couple sitting on the couch in sweats 
still perfect looking, still with pretty privilege, mm-hmm. <laughs> very important mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. um, but looking at their phones, like re- their respective yeah. phones, right? And like, he's, they're not even talking to each other, but they're like on the mm-hmm. sofa, at least together. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's like, oh, and this is the truth. And it's like, no, the truth is you spent Valentine's Day staging this, this thing, photo shoot. <laughs> like, thing. that's the truth. It's not like you didn't, anyway. You see what I mean? I do. I do see what you mean. It makes me think of that. Um, it's, it makes me wonder too, like how that sort of related to, 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 to what influencers do in terms of hiding their labor. So, like one of the things that I made up my mind to do when I made this podcast was, as many opportunities as I could, it would be clear that this is labor. This is like this is me trying to figure out what apps to use. This is me trying to find time after my kid is in bed to edit and all of these things. It's not me and a team. It's just me trying to do this right. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how how that sort of related then to, you know, the, the, the absence of labor, the effortlessness with which we kind of look at people putting out these podcasts and these promos. And and this this scenario where what you want to be doing is you want to be making fun of this kind of romantic thing that is, you know, that's a myth that doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. But also below all of that, what's real is that you've just produced this this huge thing with having the gown and having the red roses and where you don't get a red, red roses in the pandemic. Like what does that cost to come to you at that point? Right. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So this was a thing that you were reading. Yeah. I mean, but then I looked at like a hundred of them. Right. So that's one of the interesting things about like, I we were talking. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just, you are like looking at these super interesting things and like, I'm looking at the bus it challenge. Like that's what I'm looking <laughs> no, I love those too. I love those too. <laughs> but, but we were, yeah, like we were talking about this a bit about how Instagram can invite like a certain repetitiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel that and maybe we can come back to that. But um, where it's like, well, I posted a picture of my kid last week. Do I really need does everyone really need to see him again? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, he's changed slightly since then. He has. He's, he's like something different. Sure. You know? different today. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, in this instance, it's, it's one of those things like you see how it occasions creativity to kind of try to resist the repetitiveness of it. So people don't want to just post the same couples thing where it's like fake and real. They want to introduce some other element to it, you know, and there's other like better examples of this would be things like, like Eiffel tower selfies. So that's really fun to look at, right. It's like the history. If you just go to a hashtag on Instagram, Eiffel tower, go back to like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, right. Because like, Obviously, Eiffel Tower, iconic image, souvenir, everyone have like the same souvenir photographs of the Eiffel Tower if they went to Paris, like in their family scrapbook or whatever, right? So there was never like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers. This is how you were a photograph, you would take a photograph of like your family standing in front of the Eiffel Tower or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, like there's, I think there's a feeling when you arrive at the Eiffel Tower, um, you feel like I'm supposed to take a picture of the Eiffel Tower now mm-hmm. for Instagram, right? So what? But so that's the experience you're having, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's, it's not like oh, here's this. it's not going to the Eiffel Tower. It's like here is my picture of the Eiffel Tower for it's Instagram. It's time for me to do work for Instagram by taking mm-hmm. a photo, right? And it's not to say it's like not 
it, like that before there was an authentic experience of the Eiffel Tower. It's just like a fucking building. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. Not like people are moved by its spectacular yeah. beauty before. And it always has history and culture and romance. And it's always been mediated. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We're so close to talking about like the barn and white noise or something. <laughs> <laughs> the endlessly mediated, whatever. But like, but yeah, so it's, you know, I would, I would, say have like an additive account where you say it's an added part of the experience. So now you go to the Eiffel Tower, you got to get the picture. But if you want to be like creative about it, you have to do something innovative. Yeah. So you can like take a picture of other people taking pictures of the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. or or on an endless loop. You could take mm-hmm. a picture of other people taking pictures of other people taking pictures of the Eiffel Tower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just to try to find a way to like, and I feel like that's something that happens probably most of all on TikTok, but also on Instagram, there's a sort of like really, um, I don't know, like interesting creative drive behind the activity to keep it from being completely routine and repetitive. Yeah. And I think, well, with reels, now they have reels that sort of meant to to, to, to compete with TikTok. The one that, yeah. that this makes me think of too was there was another silhouette challenge with like the, the, the silhouette against the red backdrop and the sexy silhouette. And I had a, um, I saw one where the the flip was, was the woman holding her child saying, you're expecting something similar sexy here oh yeah yeah I think I saw that I also kind of rely a lot on some of those moments too like those repetitive moments to 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 gauge whether or not people are okay like if 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 I have somebody in my profile that I know like posts a workout video like every like three days out of the week and then there's a while that I don't see them there's always that opportunity to be like hey you you okay out there or like there is on the side of reading it there is like an opportunity to to like check in and see if 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 you're doing okay like if this thing that you've you've been doing repetitively and maybe even manically for the <laughs> since the beginning yeah. of the pandemic isn't happening anymore like this thing that is your mode of 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 connecting with with other people and especially people who live by themselves too like it becomes um I got somebody net right now in mind that I need to check in on because I haven't sort of seen that activity there was a time when um when I just started the job here and I lived here by myself and I was single and um, I think I hadn't posted to Facebook for something like four hours and my people in Jamaica started to panic. They're like, where is she? Are you okay? And I, I had gone for a long walk beyond cell signal. And when I got back in, like they were just like, text Sherry, your people are looking for you. Um, yeah. like, there are these ways that, you know, you rely on these 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 social media moments to to gauge if if people are okay. I think that's fascinating, though. Like, I've never actually thought about how how I read Instagram, but I think I, I'm 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 looking more at reels and reels of challenges, um, challenges, quote unquote, challenges than than I used to before. You said something about studying Instagram. What were you looking at on Instagram when you were studying it? Well, I mean, just sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I've been interested in the kind of critical social media studies, right? Like 
and reading work in that field for a while, um, in part because I was asked to teach DH at our university because we, I hope no one there listens to this. We, we have a DH program, but there aren't really enough faculty to teach in it. We have it because of the like unrepresentative amount of funding it receives um, uh, in relation to the like component of faculty who are actually interested in the subject. But um, so I didn't want to teach DH. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll teach critical social media studies. It's sort of like digital humanities. There's some mm-hmm. common ground. Um, yeah. So I started reading. Um, there's not that much like research on Instagram. I, I read- only knew that there was research from reading your stuff. Like, okay. Yeah. And I didn't, yeah. Yeah. And that like, there's some more recent stuff about like beauty bloggers and mommy bloggers and, you know, I'm not completely up to date on all of it, but, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's quite a bit of research on like the psychology of it, as -hmm. you might imagine, that's about, um, narcissism mostly. Um, and like, I don't know, just what would be considered like, um, excessive use of social media and addictive behaviors and curate like curation of self in relation to some kind of ideal Uh um, and how this can be itself kind of like destructive for people so there's quite a bit of that um Mm -hmm. but none of I couldn't find like very much at all about work (laughs) and just about how people are paid and like if you're trying to make a living by being a social media influencer. There are a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of people who, and like the gig economy part to this is super interesting as well. I like stepped in a big puddle of shit one time in on somebody's post who they're, they were a beauty blogger, but a beauty blogger who did this kind of niche beauty blogging that was also, that's also about like transitions. So it's like um, super, super, um, ornate makeup with like prosthetics and all kinds of things. And the thing that's, I want to say there were called trap tutorials. And she recently, um, she recently put a post out about not being on the influencer hamster wheel anymore and being burnt out on all of the posting and the content creation and not being remunerated properly for it. And um, just Unthinkingly, I commented on 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 the post with this like like a hand clap, you know, good for you for getting off the hamster wheel. And somebody like clapped back on my unthinking ass, like some of us on here use this to live, hunty. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that part. Um, which is also really interesting too, because of how much like gig economy stuff is coming up and 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 the ways that um with, with massive unemployment and massive unemployment, especially among um, younger, the younger population, people in, in, in 19 to like 35, um, mm-hmm. social media is, is, and, you know, being a social media personality, presenting a particular version of self that can be consumed by an audience on social media is, it's possible to make money, but it's just like absolutely not democratic in ways that are like, what is democratic in ways that are at all fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's ready skills, right? Especially in that age bracket know how to do um, in part because of how education works now. Like so much of it is already based 
on using a computer and learning how to use a computer efficiently, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And they learn video editing like in high school, you know? So it's like, that's a class, (laughs) at least it is in in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think like, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't require a lot of training. So it doesn't require an expensive sink in dollars investment in, in education that might not pay out. Right. Um, so you don't have to take on debt. Mm-hmm. To start it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like, uh, but yeah, like obviously like as a form of work, it's in some ways like the most extreme of form of gig economy or it's an, it's an instance of that because you're, there's no um, guaranteed wage. There's no um, like, relationship really to anyone that could be identified as responsible for your employment, right? It's just all temporary arrangements and contracts. There's no benefits, um, no protections at all um, of for like long-term employment. So how do you plan on that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you plan based on that? And I think that's like one of the things that is the driving force of like the constant stream of content is just, I see all of that as like mitigation of risk. You know, because <laughs> you can't, no one can afford the luxury of a day off because you have to constantly be create present. Content. Yeah, you have to create content. Um, and it has to be, yeah, no, that that's it. Um, and yeah, and you just like compare that to like the big companies that are creating content. <laughs> you know, like I'm watching a, a, a series right now that's from like Apple TV or something. Mm-hmm. Um, And just thinking about like how much those executives are getting paid and stuff to create their content. Um, This is really crazy. But yeah, like it's, it's such a, it's such a risk. And yes, the terminology that's used, you know, by some of the sociology around this is like aspirational labor, hope labor. I think these all, all these terms make some sense. Um, Obviously people could debate whether it's really labor. um, Mm -hmm. In a a, totally labor sense, it's, it's work where you're trying to get some kind of payment in mm-hmm. eventually, even if not initially, you know, and it's with, with fitness accounts, it's interesting because sometimes they do like, so they first of all, like they post their fitness thing and you have no sense of anything going on behind the scenes. You don't know, you don't see them editing the videos. You don't see the tedious hours. You don't see them building the studio where they're going to do the, the fitness videos. Um, all of the stuff that goes into that or like just negotiating with um, brands mm-hmm. to get like Lululemon or whatever to get your, your sports bra. Mm-hmm. None of that is, is <laughs> apparent. But if you like, I, I love watching the interviews. Like occasionally once you get sort of famous, you, you can answer fan mail <laughs> and then you, and then often there will be questions and it will lead them to kind of talk about some of the stuff. So like one person, a fitness account that I follow, she was saying, she started up by she just spent like a week just filming back to back videos, right? Because she wanted to appear to have like just a just cornucopia of mm-hmm. riches. So it wasn't like oh, I have five things. It was like I already have thirty workouts free. I have a whole month. Mm-hmm. And she did them every. She just worked out all day on video, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she edits them all herself. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't employ anyone. You know, and it's like, there's just the work of that, right? And she responds to every comment on Instagram and YouTube and whatever. Man, like it just... Because that's how you work the algorithm. That's how, like, I get a new email from um, 
this app later. Later is, I think later is the one that supposedly like accumulates posts over time and then will filter them out um, on a schedule. And every other week, it's like Instagram has a new in, has a new algorithm. Here's how you crack it. Um, and the cracking it has to do with moving from that point of aspiration to actually like reaching enough of a fan base to, 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 to attract, to attract Lululemon to start sending you some, some sports bras or Nike to start sending you some sneakers. And I think the thing that's also really fascinating to me now that I didn't notice before I started messing around on bookstagram because I was just curious is how involved corporations are too with engaging with individual Instagram accounts, like sending people packages of books so that they can like go up with like red alert signs and hashtag it. And um, publishing too is, is, is super interesting with how it, um, and big book publishing with how it interacts with Instagram influencers as well. How do we get in on that? <laughs> I, you know I I'm out there trying. Sarah, you know I'm out there trying hard. <laughs> Partially out of curiosity about how this works, but also like, like yeah. can I get some of this money too, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like I, I again, this is something I would like to learn more about, but there's like, you know, um middle people yeah. who then once you get a certain fan base, you can hire a firm to manage this stuff for you. And that's like, seems to make a big difference, but it's also like people have to be like, they very, are very careful about what they'll affiliate with. And I actually had a research assistant and I'm sorry, Ross, who I like made, <laughs> made, made to um, go and look at everything that Caroline Calloway had tagged ever. Yeah. yeah. And make a trend chart of like, you know, what kind of stuff did she used to tag and what kind of stuff does she tag more now? But like, again, you know, if somebody, it will just be, they'll appear wearing a necklace mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, my beautiful necklace. And then like tag the brand tag or the whatever. Brand right there. As if it was just it sent, I, I like to do that as a tribute, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sent, sent them as a tribute to their, their greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like in the in the comments of things too, like someone will I, I, I have a friend who early in the pandemic, um, or maybe it was just before, started like a a, a mom fitness um Instagram. Um and 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 I would see and just you know, beautiful in the ways that Instagram loves beautiful. Um and I would I saw after like even just like a week of her having this profile up people in like different brands in her comments DM us for um modeling opportunity and this wow. this cross branding was just like it was fascinating to see and it, you know in you I only used to see it in celebrity accounts um you know like yeah. hey spice please um yeah, yeah meat for 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 blood tie-in <laughs> yeah no no that's, yeah that's that's true um yeah so I mean obviously some, one thing we're doing wrong is not well I don't have a public account so I have a public account you're good but, on that yeah I have a public account <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working that I'm not working at algorithm. It's it's weird. Like there is the, a, a big part of this, like I probably shouldn't even say this out loud on the podcast, but I'm gonna say it anyway. A big part of of having this public account. And I mean the main difference again is that like the kid, I don't put my kid on on the public account. So I'll have other things there. Um, but a big part of it is 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 figuring out how to crack the algorithm. Like how do you get from 
five followers this week to 900 next week. Like I'll watch you buy, well, you could buy them. Yes. Yeah. There that's, that's you can buy that's, like 4,000 followers or I don't know. I don't know what the starter package is. <laughs> yeah. But all of the different things that are for sale around Instagram too, right? Like follower packages. I mean, like before it was like, before it was like, phone call lists for, for, um, telemarketing, but now it's like, it's social media bank lists that, um, that can get you these followers. And what's fascinating is, 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 is how this kind of fan structure then becomes your, your collateral for, so in as much as it's about, and we were talking about this, about this one author too, in as much as it's about, um, authenticity, authenticity air quote authenticity and presenting this version of self it's presenting this indie version of self that's ultimately attractive to corporate corporate corporations the people with the big money who will purchase sponsorships and all of that from you in order to produce some kind of independent reality or independent seeming reality this is like this fascinating that's it's very true. Okay, and if you think about celebrity accounts, it's a really good example of what you're saying. Um, because like looking at Beyonce's Instagram, like the history of it, right? Like there's a way in which it's it has built itself, building the brand on the basis or the idea that you're accessing like the what what Instagram has always kind of traded on this that it's it's in the yeah. moment. Yeah, and that you're going behind the scenes. Right. And like, again, incredibly staged photographs it probably took hours to do, but it's like, oh, I'm, we're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, look, I wish my, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. What was that? We're in the bathroom with Beyonce. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's super following are her Ivy park drops. Um, okay. I haven't been who gets boxes. So she, I, I want to say she's the celebrity who started this, um, but she sends boxes it's it's a box this time for the fall collection with adidas um but she's sending these boxes to different celebrities and influencers and so what's always super interesting is which influencer who isn't quite a celebrity who will get a box and so like one of the one of the influencers that i followed for a really long time um I want to say, I want to say like seven years, um, Lovia Ajayi, um, a, a Nigerian American woman who it's just sort of, she's come up from blogging from the blogging days when, you know, social media influencer meant you had a blog to, to the, the Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter pivot through like, you know, tweeting about scandal on a Thursday night to being in like Oprah's brunch circle to second and third book deals to, getting an Ivy Park winter collection box last week. And then like you talk about these photo shoots and then she just like, all right, I'm going to organize a photo shoot where I go out into the streets of Chicago in my, in my new um, athleisure wear and take pictures for these clothes that I got from Beyonce. And, you know, just like further, further the Ivy Park brand for um, just like a whole other, um, that's like winning a literary prize, like for a writer. <laughs> for influencer, it's like you you have arrived. Yes. Yeah. So there was an there was an Emily in Paris. Yes, I watched it episode where <laughs> she's like, you know, she gets to go to an influencer event or whatever, but she's like 
and that they have a, a, the bags of swag arranged by like how important an influencer you are. <laughs> so you get like a really good bag if you're, yeah, it was, it's so funny. It's a terrible, terrible show, but in the best possible way. It's like yeah. that episode of, um, it's like that episode of Bling Empire where, um, I finished that, by the way. I watched the entire thing. I haven't. I haven't finished it yet. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, but I actually do want to finish it. But there was a moment where Christine is upset because her swag bag for her party was um, a donation to a Chinese orphan. And then um, the other woman's swag thing was uh, like a Givenchy coaster or something. Like still some obscene amount of money spent on just giving sure. her a gift at a dinner party, but yeah. um, you could sell it and give it to charity. Yeah, yeah. Their performance of charitableness on that show is fascinating. I think yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you could really be giving away so much more money. I don't think, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is just all tax break money. Like really that's, that's what that is. You barely even scratch the surface of the amount you could be donating. I feel yeah. like that show also has made me think a lot about like what do celebrities who are already and maybe not even just celebrities what do people who are already wealthy get out of this kind of media exposure so it's just like I've never sort of thought of people who are as obscenely wealthy as these bling empire people like weapons construction I mean like all yeah. of the things that are our big capital generators in 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 our time what the hell are these people? What, I mean, what do you want to be on a reality TV show for? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's actually, you know, it's really interesting because it kind of um, gets at, I don't know, I don't know what to how to describe it, but another aspect of the whole world of social media culture and the kind of like social media influencer um, constantness of the production of creation of content is it, it does kind of have an effect. Like I think it creates a set of, it creates sort of rules, I guess, around presentation of self that other people who Mm -hmm. will never be social media influencers, or that's not even their aspiration that they also aspire to. Like it sets a standard for, you know, if you want to be successful or whatever, you have to be Mm -hmm. present constantly on social media. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think like, that you see that I see that with people I follow who are like my friends you know the way they post and it's almost like they're posting in the style of social media influencers like I see how they stage their food I see how they they like photograph their our house yeah no but do you know what I mean okay like your 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 social media posts are like pretty authentic if I could use that word I'm sorry I know yeah. you know what I mean right yeah, I, just do. Seems like I do it's actually happening mm-hmm. whereas like it's not actually happening that you're like eating a perfectly sliced apple no. on like a perfectly sliced piece of toast with like a sprig of rosemary at the top of the plate that you're not even going to touch. Yeah, nobody has time for that over here. Nobody has time for that over here. You know what I mean? (laughs) The plate itself is like this gorgeous object that they purchased at a craft fair or, you know what I mean? And like, but these are people like they, they're not trying to get, I don't know, like brand they, but that's, that's, I feel like Instagram has set a kind of aesthetic or has made a, a set of aesthetic rules that we've all kind of like imbibed, even though, we're not in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like this podcast in a lot of ways, yes, this is a thing that I've been thinking about a lot, Sarah, too, that um, what is my goal here, right? Like, I know there are other podcasts that the goal is, one of the things that I jokingly said was my goal is to be able to hire somebody to edit them for me. <laughs> like, that's my, that's my goal. But, you know, people who participate in, 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 in the aesthetic norms of the media platform, um, who don't necessarily have a um, have a material stake in what happens there is it's it's really interesting how um, how how, yeah. how those posts kind of come about as well. Or maybe the material, maybe the stake is different. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, I just think about um, something that I hear people talk about often, and I guess in a way I identify with, though not completely, is like, oh, I feel like, you know, invisible because I haven't published anything recently. And that because there's a way like I think social media culture is actually infiltrated and like taken over, not not taken over. It's it's shaping academic culture now, too. And there's the way the sense of the constantness of the content, you know, and uh, this is obviously all like driving everyone. The whole point is to get us to stay on our phones. We know yes. that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. To keep consuming these products and yes. to keep to these services and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff but like the the academic like production mill is getting so overwhelming like I cannot keep up with all the things that such and such a person fill in the blank I'm sure you know who I'm talking about is publishing and writing do you know what I mean and it's like I don't have time to read all these <laughs> and, and I feel like it's it's because there are all these like outlets now for short digestible academic quote unquote, academic pieces, often citing no sources uh-huh. with just a few links to other uh-huh. stories. Um, and because they can be tweeted, they can be Instagram, yeah. they can be promoted via those ways and they're how many views they get can be tracked and et cetera. Uh-huh. Et cetera. And it, so it's like, it, it's, there's a way in which like, yeah, just the standards and expectations are kind of like get, they're they're broadening, you know, beyond, and they're I, I do see it, the effect in in academia, and and definitely see it in like just people's tendencies, like how they how they post, you know, mm-hmm. and how they how they want to look, and how they want to curate their lifestyle, and how they want to, and then and then the feeling like um, the clear way in which people feel like they're almost invisible if they if, if they didn't know, if they're not participating if they're not participating there's something about how, how how grad students too interact with with the twitter mail like there's a part there is i used to do this thing where i would kind of express the anxiety of not being productive today on the twitter and then i just thought you know what that's that does not make me i mean i feel so yucky myself when i go up there and you know somebody has published their fifth piece this week and it's just and everybody's like, I, talking about how brilliant it is. Yeah, and, and rereading it. Best like, thing I, I ever read. Best thing I ever read. And like, I've just gotten to the point. I, I and I'm grateful that this is the point where I'm just like, okay, so there was a method war last week. All right, whatever. Um, I don't care. <laughs> don't. Oh, that's so funny. I, we had a like a, a theory grad student theory reading group that I participated in at Carleton yesterday, and I brought up the method words, and no one had, knew what I was talking about. And I was like, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> they were like, yes. What? <laughs> yes. And then yeah, and it's it's just adding to our like worry to be like, okay, not only 
do you need to be visible in academia mm-hmm. and, const- and and have a say on every single thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I know, I'd be informed, right? You know, yeah, you and then you all, but you also have to post something cute on Instagram, <laughs> you know, or like be be <laughs> present there. And it's like, you need like, be and be clever and be clever. Oh my gosh, I cannot yeah. tell you how the clever part stresses me out and with Twitter, especially. It's just like, how do I, how do I keep engaging here in in, in a way that? And I it's just the problem. It's you, you, it's impossible to be sincere. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like or or it's very hard to do. I shouldn't say it's impossible. Some people manage it, but and I mean, I do want to say like too that I I don't. I tr- like I even with the Caroline Calloway piece, I thought I was sympathetic to her. I know she didn't read it that way, but I do. I try like I'm not critical of people for being self for promoting their work. Like it's not that at all. I love to hear about people's work. Right. But it's also like I do see you just see styles and like modes of self-expression around self-promotion, you know, and it tends to be like, yeah. for example, younger women who will be more like I uh, you know, I don't, I hate to promote myself, but, <laughs> but kind of thing, you know, it's like, just go ahead. Just but I, but I do it. tend to have a, like almost like a hierarchy of like appropriateness. It's like the more well-established you already are and the more wealthy and fabulous everybody already receives you to be the less you need to do that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like some people really need to. Sorry. Yeah, the apologetic, the apologetics before you, 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 you post something that you've worked on or just like the self-deprecation too. And, and like, yeah, it's very gendered. It's very ageist in, in ways that are, that are mitigated by, by all kinds of things like wealth and race. and, and, and all Yeah, for sure. Too. For sure. Yeah. And I do see like how some people really actively need to be promote their work, mm-hmm. especially if they're working contingent, jobs they're if they're actually making money for the work they're doing for publication you know this kind of stuff like that I because then if you get a lot of retweets you obviously get more writing jobs and stuff like that I totally I totally get that but it's anyway I won't I won't snark further I I won't (laughs) people whose self-promotion does annoy me I think we're allowed to make these (laughs) you know discriminations like I think distinctions are important yeah yeah it's it's a, it's being an attentive reader, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How we we're, we're coming up on an hour. And so I want to, I want to get this question in before I, I, I let you go. Um, how do you think your Instagram habits have changed since, since the pandemic? You, we raised that early in our conversation and I wanted to bring it back to that for, for our last couple of minutes together. How have the, has it changed? Well, honestly, I think I spend a lot more time, I'm a little more um, connected. I need to find like less um, pejorative ways of describing. I already said manic and I kind of, (laughs) but I would say I'm a little more attached to my phone than I ever have been in my life where I am like almost unconscious. Like I'm, it's like my finger is just going check, check, check. And I'll like, yeah. And I'll close you know, Twitter on my computer and then open it on my phone (laughs) and I'll have two Twitters open at the same time. And I'll be on Instagram like all the time, just checking for content or whatever. And so I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm always at home. I'm not, I'm teaching asynchronously. So I'm not doing lectures 
like live lectures, I don't really feel like I have the mental capacity, space, energy, emotional, whatever reserves to do sustained research right now. So I do have like, I hate to say this because I know because some people are talking about how busy they are. But like, I feel like I have quite a bit of free time, to be honest, my kid has gone back to school full time in the classroom. And like, what am I doing all day? <laughs> like, going on social media, I'm, I want to do work, but I just don't feel like I can don't have the bandwidth stuff going on. Yeah, it's just like, you know, that's so but I do what I do have the bandwidth for is I've been reading a lot of novels, which I haven't done in so long. And it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And I but then at the end of the day, like I'm pretty tired after Ben goes to bed. And then I just open Instagram and it's like pure pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I think I do think of it as like replacing the time that for a lot of people, I think like where they would do leisure reading, yeah. like Instagram is a kind of leisure reading. I don't, I wouldn't put it against like, say it's not reading. I think it is. And mm-hmm. often it's quite discursive and you engage with content and it's um, maybe more akin to genre reading than literary reading, but whatever Um, that can be debated. But um, so I, I do that a lot more than I used to. What I used to do after Ben went to bed was work because I'd have stuff to catch up on. Like I've got to do work, emails, fellowship stuff, grad students, whatever, like, and now I just, I let myself not do that because I have time in the day to do all that. But I I sort of feel like that, that's, it's such a good thing. Like I don't, it's not that I'm it's not that I'm not tired and I'm not doing all the things that I should be doing to make sure that people can still give me a paycheck legitimately right but I don't feel that level of exhaustion in my day because I sort of allow myself the pleasure of things like Instagram Um, and 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 where what kind of rabbit holes Instagram leads me to so like this there's this um series of three romance novels that you know catch me two years ago this time and tell me i'm going to be reading talia hibbert's um the brown sister series that is just tawdry tawdry but just like pure pleasure that i don't have to use my brain to do anything super hard um and just like give myself over to the sentimentality of it and just let it go and it's it's such a respite in like a really heavy time um, that I absolutely agree. Yeah. That, that yeah. You know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like romance reading is of course a good example of something that it's the repetitiveness of it and the ways in which it has tropes and is predictable. It's precisely what is sustaining about it and why mm-hmm. it's delightful in some ways, because no, it does have that level of kind of like, yeah, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. That it's mm-hmm. what you're, it's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a really good note to end on. That you know, this conversation wasn't even so much about shitting on Instagram in a way that was just like it's terrible, it's narcissistic, it's blah 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 blah. But like, what I really, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you about it was like you, you you can help me talk about this in a way that is, you know, clearly critical, but also, also celebratory of, of, of some of the ways that it's, it's providing comfort and respite and pleasure for, for people, academics <laughs> in this time um, that I think is, I think it's sustaining in, 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 in some ways. So 
Sarah, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your afternoon to talk about Instagram. I really, really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for talking to me. It was really fun.